what is going on people of the airwaves it is talk is war coming at you live from the war zone with your host alpha z thank you for joining us today it is a beautiful thursday probably one of my favorite days of the week honestly so so uh tell me how you're doing guys i'd love to hear from you and uh well without further ado Let's go ahead and dive into the news of the wrestling world. All right, let's see here. Well, uh, this was announced earlier today, but uh, I guess you guys already know, so I'll report on it anyway. It has been announced by the Tallahassee, Florida Police Department that uh, Chris Jericho's stolen AEW World Championship has been recovered. So, first off, I would like to say congratulations to Chris Jericho on not only getting your title back, but winning it in the first place in one of the greatest matches from AEW that I've watched. So, And uh, also congratulations to the uh, Tallahassee Police Department for, uh, you know, uh, lending Y2J a hand, you know. And uh, what else here? Uh, If you guys are unfamiliar with this, uh, Chris Jericho had uh, won the AEW World Championship off of, uh, well, he won the inaugural one, the first one. He became the inaugural champion. Sorry, sorry, I'm a little tired right now. But anyway, uh, he won the championship after defeating Adam Page. And uh, like less than 24 hours later, he got it stolen while he was uh, eating at a uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, I believe. Good choice, good choice. But, um, he got it stolen out of the back of his limo, reported it, and, well, uh, less than 24 hours later, someone finally found it. So, glad he got his championship back, and, uh, now we can give him the respect and the thank you that, uh, he deserves. So, uh, what else we got here? I'm sure he's enjoying some bubbly right now. <laughs> the memes on social media have been static for a minute. I ju- I'm just saying. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Some major changes have been made to WWE's creative division. Reportedly, their creative department had undergone some major changes this week. According to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Radio, you sly dog, you... Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet provided further verification of this breaking news, saying that Ryan Ward, SmackDown Live's lead writer, will be taking some time away from the company due to unspecific reasons. Ward took over the position after... Sorry if I pronounced this name wrong, but Steve Guerreri was let go in July. It is worth noting that SmackDown Live has seen several script rewrites as of late in a shocking change-up. Longtime Raw Raw lead writer, Raw lead writer, Raw lead writer, blah, blah, blah. try to say that six times fast, Raw lead writer. Okay. Uh, Ed Koski will be switching to the blue brand, retaining his lead writing status with the company. And he's uh, also a former 205 Live. Or, no, 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 sorry. This, this is talking about a different one. Uh, it's also saying that the former 205 Live writer, Jonathan Backstrom, will be filling the position of the lead writer for Raw. Well, this is good because, um, personally, I've seen some really good stuff on 205 Live. I've been very, very impressed with them. 
In addition, sources have confirmed the writing team has officially been split ahead of the time of the company's debut on Fox. So Raw will have Jonathan Bakestorm working under Paul Heyman, while Ed Koski will be working under Eric Bischoff on SmackDown Live. So, some uh, major changes have been made, but, uh, you know, these could be the changes that we need in order to uh, make WWE more noticeable again. So, uh, what else we got here? Uh, It has been announced that WWE is planning a draft. This is amazing. This is amazing. This is really going to shake things up, and I don't mean that as a pun. I mean it as... You know, it's going to make stuff interesting. I'm tired of the superstar shakeup. I'm tired of the wild card rule. I'm tired of all the nonsense that they try to put in it. Just bring back the draft. It's what I've been saying. And now they do. So thank you for listening to me. Anyway, WWE will reportedly hold another draft next month on in October following their debut on Fox. Pro Wrestling first reported the draft is tentatively scheduled to begin on the October 11th edition of SmackDown live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Las Vegas fans, be sure to get your tickets. And uh, this would be WWE's second week on Fox. So, The draft would then continue the following Monday on Raw, uh, October 14th, of course. And according to reports, WWE wants to go back to having two distinct rosters for Raw and SmackDown following the introduction of the wild, wild card rule in May. The wild card rule was introduced as a way to utilize their performers on both brands while maintaining a brand split. You know, okay, okay, I'll say this. The wild card rule had an interesting concept, but it I think it got a little too carried away. You know, it it was it was kind of making things confusing. I mean, first they said two people from all could go to SmackDown and the same thing vice versa, but then they changed it to four. And then there was, like, more than four. So, you know. But it, it just made a lot of things confusing. So, as always, with things of this nature, the draft has not been officially confirmed at this point. So, uh, dates could always change. Okay. So, they're confirmed for a draft, exactly. But not um, not exactly the date. I think that's what they're trying to say. No, no, no. The draft has not been officially confirmed at this point. Okay. So, um... I guess they're, they might be reporting for it, or they, they might be planning for it, so, uh, well, let's hope they do, and it sounds like they could, so if, I mean, if you hear they're gonna do it, more than likely they're, they might do it, so, alright, and, um, I think, no, 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 let's, let's keep on going here, uh, I'll give you guys two more stories here. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling let uh, Kenta finish a match despite being obviously concussed. I saw this match, um, and uh, this was um, very, very uh, kind of kind of hard to watch, you know. So um, Kenta Kobayashi, uh, better known to uh, you know. Uh, better known to us as Hideo Itami in WWE, was uh, in a New Japan Pro Wrestling match where he won the Never Open Weight Championship from Tomohiro Ishii. And uh, it, it was because he was uh, set to win, of course. But um, he, got, he, got, he got beat up pretty badly. He got headbutt a bunch of times. Uh, 
he, I think he landed on his back really hard whenever he hit a suplex. Or no, 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 his neck. Sorry, not his back. But, um, you know, it, uh, it pretty much looked like he was on autopilot for the whole match. It was... Um, it was really bad. Like, he was kind of slow. He uh, kept falling down a couple of times. And, oh, God. It. I mean, the, 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 I get it that it's strong style. You know, there. it's a whole different ball game. You know, it's not a game, really. But, you know, uh, it's a very different kind of style. And I get it. They want to be hard. They want to be strong. They want to hit hard. They want to they wanna make you tap. They want to inflict pain. I get that. But... I mean, they, they could at least stop the match for a couple of seconds so Kenta could, you know, uh, at least get checked out by uh, the ringside medic or, you know, like, just, you know, wait till he maintains his composure, you know? So, uh, yeah, that, that happened. I'm, I'm glad he won the championship at least, but, you know, he was uh, severely concussed and... You know, that leads to a lot of wrestlers' deaths, so, uh, you know, let's let's hope nothing like that ever happens, you know. Oh, yikes. Uh, Alright, one, one more story for you guys. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux is attending a private tryout at the WWE Performance Center. This is very, very interesting, but also very strange. So... I don't know if she, yeah, 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 she, her whole gimmick is she wants to make wrestling sexy again, Scarlett Bordeaux, and that seemed, that it's good, like, she's a really good wrestler, and she's very, very, um, what am I saying here, she is very, uh, okay, sorry, she's talented in the ring, but she's also very, very presentable, she has tremendous stage presence when it comes to this industry so she was released um i believe in june from impact wrestling and uh her boyfriend killer cross attended uh aew's double or nothing event with her in las vegas and uh, they actually both sat near the front row but they were not seen on tv which is kind of strange but uh apparently she has been at the wwe performance center this week to privately try out for a role in the company. Now, what makes this kind of strange is that she wants to make wrestling sexy again, but WWE is strictly a PG environment, so I don't know how exactly they're going to incorporate her in it, but I'm really glad that she's getting a chance to, you know, try out for a, uh, a major company. So, Congratulations, Scarlett. And that is it for the news of the wrestling world today. Now we are moving on to On This Day in Wrestling History. So uh, let's see what we got here. Happy 42nd birthday to Sin Cara. He's a former NXT Tag Team Champion and a legend in uh, a legendary luchador in Mexico. Of course, here in the States, too. So happy birthday, Sin Cara. And uh, 11 years ago today, TNA put on their first show at Madison Square Garden. And this doesn't mean their first show ever, because this was in 2008, and they were already existed by then. Uh, this was just their first time debuting, or first time debuting, wow. Their first time putting on a show at MSG. So, uh, well, uh, I guess that's it. Of course, guys, let me know what you think about the news. If you have any news to report on uh, for yourself, or 
what you think about Sin Cara, Scarlet Bordeaux, TNA, any of it. Let me know here at Talk Is War. And uh, now we are moving on to our two topics of today. And uh, these two topics are best commentators, of course, you know, the voices of uh, pro wrestling. We usually only hear on TV, but you know, very interesting people. The lucky roles, if you ask me, they get paid to watch wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're um, very interesting people. We're just going to talk about them. And uh, our second topic of today is best wrestling managers. And, you know, there's a lot of legendary ones out there. Uh, there's a lot of non-memorable ones, but, you know, some of them could be favorites to, you know, some people. So, if you guys have any opinions on any of these topics, please let us know here at Talk is War. And uh, we will go ahead and get started with these two topics of today right after the commercial break. So, uh, don't go anywhere. Welcome back, Warriors. Hope you enjoyed that advertisement. And, uh, well, you know, your host, Alpha Z. And, uh, you know, haven't really missed much while you were gone. So, uh, glad you're here. And uh, now we are going to move on to our two topics of today here at Talk is War. So, uh, these two topics of today are best commentators and the best wrestling managers. So, let us know here at Talk is War what you think about for both topics. And, uh, well, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, get on to the show. So, I guess we can go ahead and talk about commentators first, because, well, why not? Commentators have been a very, very memorable role for this industry. There's been uh, countless ones, a lot of different styles, and... Uh, some of them even wrestlers. So uh, a lot of these include people like uh, the good old JR, Jim Ross, uh, former commentator for WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the current one for AEW. What else we got here? Excalibur, who I believe did PWG and Ring of Honor, and now he's on AEW too. Uh, Tony Chavone from WCW, uh, Michael Cole from WWE, many, many different people, and they've had quite a tremendous impact when it comes to TV and uh, pro wrestling in general. A lot of commentators can carry a lot of the career, well, not carry, I would say, but uh, a lot of them can amplify the careers of many different people. Um, I'm trying to think here. A good one would be uh, Jim Ross and Stone Cold, you know? I mean, do you do you not think of, you know, by God almighty when you hear Stone Cold, you know? I mean, uh, what else we got here? I think that uh, Michael Cole kind of does it to The Miz and uh, Roman Reigns a lot, especially whenever... You know, he comes out and he's like, here comes the big dog. And it gets so fucking annoying. Oh, my God. It's like every time it makes, oh, God, there's so many memes about it. And it's, ah, oh, it's so great. But uh, what else? What else? Uh, my favorite commentator 
Sorry, guys. Uh, my favorite... My, it's hard to pick a favorite, honestly, so I'm just going to name a couple that I really like. I really like Mar Ronaldo. Uh, not just as a pro wrestling commentator, but also as a combat sports journalist and commentator. Because he commentated for boxing and UFC other than NXT. Uh, he has really good voice. I, I love the pitch of it. It's, it's very uh, deep. And he knows what he's saying in the ring. He's very uh, well-educated on the topic of combat sports. And I think that is what makes him a much better commentator. And, uh, you know, he, he, can, uh, he can call something that is really, really amazing, but also something as simple as, you know, a, um, a scoop slam or a suplex, you know. He's really good at what the moves are, at knowing that. And, you know, I just always love seeing him on NXT. Uh, of course, with Nigel. Nigel McGuinness, I believe. And uh, who else? Who else? And just because I grew up with him, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, Jerry the King Waller. Um, he is more known for his time during the... <clears throat> sorry. The uh, mid-90s and early 2000s. And uh, kind of late 2010. Or... Uh, early 2010s too but you know he's um he's had a lot of memorable moments a lot of awkward ones including the feud with Michael Cole and uh Grandmaster Sexa kind of got involved and it was just kind of personal at that point kind of awkward but you know it was it was very unique he had a lot of good moments and um it's funny whenever he screams and shit <laughs> Uh, who else? Of course, good old JR, uh, Jim Ross. I didn't know for the longest time that he had Bell's palsy, and I had no idea that uh, he could smile. That is very, very sad, honestly. But, you know, he can he can work with it, and that's, that's what I admire about him. Despite his obstacles, he can still do it, you know? And uh, I liked seeing him on New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was very very uh it was very new because uh in uh in uh new japan or just any japanese promotion you can't really see the english commentators so they're like somewhere else but um you see like a whole lot more like just regular commentators for the show and sometimes uh people like jushin thunder liger are there and you wonder what the fuck they're doing there but then you think oh yeah you know they're, they're legends a lot of a lot of pro wrestlers can pull it off too, especially uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, one of the Usos did it too, and of course uh, CM Punk. I liked seeing him on uh, Monday Night Raw a couple of times, you know. And uh, well, that's uh, that's pretty much all my favorites, really. You know, there's a lot of great ones. Don't get me wrong, but those are some of my favorites, you know. And uh, of course, uh, you know. Let me know here at Talk Is War what you guys think about commentators. Who's your favorite one? Who's your least favorite one? Let us know. And uh, now we're moving on to our second topic of today, and that is the best wrestling managers. Whether it's someone like Paul Bear, Brother Love, or um, trying to think here. I can't remember that guy that was the, uh, the uh, manager for Umaga. But, man, what was his name? I can't think of it, but, uh, you know, uh, there's Paul Bear, Brother Love, and, uh, Bruce Pritchard, I believe that's his name, and,
and uh, trying to think here, Jim Cornette, he was one. Um, dang, I can Oh, Molina, yeah, yeah, divas or female wrestlers were, you know, also that. And I, uh, well, let me know what you think. Let us know at Talk Is War what you think. Uh, another good one is Paul Heyman. And uh, it was a really good one from the indie scene, who was a manager for my cousin. His name is Woody Numbers. And uh, I didn't really get to meet him, but I heard that he was one of the best ones that uh, the state of West Virginia and a couple other states have ever had. And this is coming from multiple sources in the indie pro wrestling scene, because I have a lot of friends that are in it, too. I have a lot of friends that are in MMA, too. So, you know, I'm covered if someone breaks in my house. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. But, you know. Well, anyway. There's been a lot of great uh, wrestling managers who have uh, certainly made quite the impact whenever it comes to entertainment. And a lot of them are really good compliments for whoever they're working with a lot of times. Like uh, Bobby, the, Bobby the Brain Heenan whenever he was with Andre the Giant. And uh, Paul Bearer when he was with The Undertaker, of course. Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar. Uh, Melina with Eminem or just, you know, John Morrison. Or Taya Valkyrie when, she was, when she's with um, Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, whatever you know him as. And they can really set the standard for that person, you know? They could uh, form them into someone that they want to be, you know? Managers kind of give that push in a way, that secret push, you know? Uh, another good one is uh, Colonel Robert Parker and uh, Sensational Sherry for uh, the Heartbreak Kids, Shawn Michaels, and multiple other people. And uh, who can forget, uh, probably one of pro wrestling's first ladies and that is miss elizabeth the beautiful miss elizabeth and uh well that's all i can think of right at the moment so uh of course let us know here at talk is war what you think about for uh you know your favorite uh manager or your favorite commentator and uh well that is it for our two topics of today now we are moving on to the uh rumors of the wrestling world Alright, what do we have here? Uh, despite the angle on SmackDown Live this week, the speculation is still that Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan is to plan at some point in the near future. So I guess we can expect this at Clash of Champions. Uh, Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio said the idea behind the Triple Threat semifinal and the King of the Ring tournament is to get Ricochet over. Now, I kind of had a theory. So, you guys remember how Ricochet was in uh, New Japan and a couple other promotions and he went by the name King Ricochet? Well, if he wins this uh, King of the Ring tournament, he'll be called King Ricochet. I mean, what else would he be called? So, does this mean that they don't exactly have the rights to his name until he wins the King of the Ring tournament or something like that? You know, I don't know, but... It is kind of weird that he would be called King Ricochet when he was also called King Ricochet somewhere else, you know? Uh, probably just a coincidence, honestly. He also said that the main goal for NXT on USA is to hurt AEW. Well, that's kind of a given, considering that AEW announced that they were in October, 
And then WWE was like, oh yeah, well we're going to make NXT and uh, you know what, we're going to do it a month early and we're going to put it on the same exact day of the week as AEW is it? Yeah, that's kind of a given. So, you know, no surprise there. Uh, Marty Skrull's deal with Ring of Honor is up in November and the obvious speculation is he will depart for All Elite Wrestling. Now, this could definitely happen. I, I think, I strongly think that it will. You know, um, I mean, where else is he going to go? I mean, he's pretty much done. There is all there there is to do in um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Indies, and, I mean, of course, Ring of Honor. So he's done that. He's done all, everything that there is to do. So I guess he's, you know, coming back to the Elite. So uh, let's hope so. And uh, one more for you guys, PW Insider says that one of the issues between Killer Cross and Impact Wrestling was his refusing to do a blade job at Slammiversary, forcing the company to find fake blood to use the day of the show. Well, I mean, I get it that it's your job and all that, and you should do what your bosses tell you, but blading is kinda dangerous at times and some people just don't want to cut themselves for show so I think there's a fine line between wanting to do something for your job and hurting yourself and I you know I can't really get too much into it because I hate how some companies want to treat pro wrestlers with good talent great charisma, great attitudes and amazing awareness but you know so uh that is it for rumors of today got a couple events coming up maybe some near you warriors so uh you know listen up uh ring of honor is this saturday at seven at the odeon concert club in cleveland ohio cleveland fans be sure to get your tickets and uh nxt is tonight 7.30 p.m. at the Lakeland Armory in Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland fans, be sure to get your tickets. And uh, that is it for Talk Is War of today. We will be coming at you next week with a fresh, hot episode. So be sure to tune in. And, uh, well, from Alpha Z, thank you for joining us today at Talk Is War. And goodbye. Goodbye.